1: Welcome to From the Field. My name is Ryan Hughley. I'm lead pastor of Ridgeline Church in Salt Lake City, Utah, and
0: the founder of Telio, a care and formation ministry for pastors. And my name is Tyler Dravitz. I'm the executive pastor at Ridgeline Church and also the president of MyXP, a ministry where we provide remote executive pastor support to churches around the country.
1: So it's a pretty crazy anniversary this week. We are uh, at the time we're recording this. It is like the official one-year anniversary of covid bringing our entire country to a standstill. Yeah. And so this won't be out until Monday. We're recording on Friday. But uh, it was Friday when we had to make the call to stream for what we thought was going to be two or three weeks, right? Isn't it Friday or was it Thursday or Friday we made that call?
0: No, I mean we didn't make any call. Well, we I know. received a call and we're told uh, you know, uh, like in thinking about this and planning for this episode, uh-huh. I had to like think through the order of things. I remember I called our contact at the community college that we meet at yep. on Thursday and was like, "Hey, there's like some rumblings. Is there any chance?" And like I, it was like a little bit of a scoff mm-hmm. and no chance in the world. At noon on Friday, I received a call: "We're closed for three weeks." Yeah,
1: so crazy. I don't know what
0: happened from Thursday to Friday, but something. Yeah. Something.
1: And I mean, so we watched this week. We watched the uh, that first stream that Mm -hmm. we did that first weekend, and it was it was real weird, like to see. I don't. I just felt like I could hear a very different version of myself, mm-hmm. one that was like happier and younger and more <laughs> optimistic about life. We were all thinner. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yep. It's going to be two to three weeks, and then everything's back to normal.
0: And yeah. then here we are a year later, and we've only been back in person for four weeks. But there was that sense of that, like the way I always describe it is like if you're playing Mario and he got hit by a turtle, uh-huh. like the stars go around his head. You could just tell there. was No that, one really like, knew what was happening. Huh, uh, uh, okay, three weeks. We, yeah, we, I can do anything for three weeks. So
1: yeah. I'm I'm seeing uh like newspapers and social media. There's mm-hmm. all of these kind of recountings of of everything that led up to that week. What was mm-hmm. happening that week? What came in the weeks after? Yeah. So when you think about, you know, not even just that week, but I guess like that month of March, where yeah. we did have stars going around our heads. Yeah.
0: What do you remember about that week? Well, I. Don't do a great job of paying close attention to the news. Any would be another word uh, to substitute for close. You well don't pay no not any I, attention. To I the see news headlines if they say Disney in them. Well, and other things, but <laughs> Costco. I, I kept seeing headlines and like you know maybe you're at like a place like the gym or uh-huh. like a bar where like the TV's on but there are no words. Yeah, the and I kept at the bottom seeing like c- coronavirus. Yep, and. Like just full disclosure, for the longest time until maybe this week, that we're the same question here. I believed that the beer was making people sick, mm-hmm. and I just kept thinking, oof, there's gonna be a lawsuit." Yeah. on their head. But I was also confused. I also kept seeing like coronavirus and then China, mm-hmm. and I was just like, "I did not know that China was such a big fan of the beer." <laughs> I and kept. I kept. That's I've, where I lived in. I
1: joked with our church about this, but I, I for
0: some reason.
1: Like when I would see the word, I hadn't mm. heard anyone say it. I kept processing it in my head as coronavirus, <laughs> like a spell. And uh, but it took until I saw a meme like with oh, the beer, and yeah. then I was like, "Oh, I have it's a question for sure." Just that. coronavirus, yeah. This is going to be. I a get the question. corona,
0: yeah, or whatever uh-huh. the first word you said. Uh-huh. How did you ever look at the word virus and well, it was one, read It's virus. one word.
1: It's one word. Coronavirus is was one word. Was it not?
0: No, I don't think so. It's I'm like almost positive it is. Like we don't do a fact the check. Flu virus. No, no, no. This was the... the
1: coronavirus was one word, which is why I kept. Pro- it's right. it. We're gonna we're gonna sit here Live, for a second real time. and we Let's are gonna look, look up. this
0: up. Doo doo do, Corona. Do, do, do.
1: <laughs> is it virus. one word? Let's see. It 100% is. Okay. Which is All why right. I kept, I uh, my kept Karana yeah. for us.
0: I just couldn't understand. <laughs> I mean, understand. you does not have an ah sound, but. You said this in a group setting the other day, and I was like, <laughs> why did he, why did he not just like, say God, virus, like hooked stupid. on phonics, you know, but okay, that's fair. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. So there I was, was just a lot of confusion. Anything so else there was that like jumps that? out? Yeah, I mean, like I mentioned about, like, I mean, on Thursday it was a joke that we'd cancel, and on Friday at noon we were canceled, so, and we'll talk about all the ways that we've all had to modify, but I just remember thinking, we've got to do something, Mm -hmm. we've got to have an option, and at that point, I understood that things streamed. Mm -hmm. That was my level of knowledge. I don't think we'd ever, we'd never done any
1: form of, I don't even think I'd ever done like a Facebook Live.
0: No, well, so that's not... Totally accurate. Oh, that's when, right. That's right. When we, we very first started, and this was our saving grace, because yep. everything to do with streaming cameras, everything was, was sold gone. out immediately. Yeah. and um, But we were just in real good shape in that uh, part of our team... Was not able to be here at the very beginning. Yeah. and we had some people that were really interested in participating in North Carolina. Uh, they had planned on possibly coming out, but just wanted to be a part of the church. Mm-hmm. were great supporters of the church. and so I had just Googled like the easiest way to do it, and there was this camera called Amiibo right that we bought, and you literally like there's an iPad app, you like press on and somehow stream happened. Mm-hmm. But we literally
1: and- streamed for these two people
0: yeah we yeah no we we weren't even like broadcasting no uh, no they knew where it was that was it um and that sucker hadn't been touched in a few years so I mean the firmware was way out of date I didn't even know what where it was I I knew I hope we still had this piece of equipment Mm -hmm. so there was that um but I mean there was that I I think you know even in thinking about the one meme that for some reason keeps shaking me a little mm-hmm. bit. It's not even a meme. It's just like where people type words on top of the color thing yeah. on Facebook. It's, uh, this was the last normal week a year ago and no one knew it. For yeah. some reason that really like. It's kind of creepy. It does because it it's so true. And it's you're just, just such like, an ominous way like, to say it too. <laughs> I know. You're like, do, 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 do. And then smacked by a bus. That's
1: kind of how I felt watching our that first stream too was like. It, life was weird at that point, but we also had no clue it was going to be a
0: full year. No, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, we had like trips coming up shortly after that. Uh, oh, yeah. Like I remember, uh, the first probably six months, You would like wait until the final possible moment to make a call about Mm -hmm. something, and it was like—I mean—tearing off not a band aid, like something that was like glued to your arm, Mm -hmm. like one duct tape. Ugh, it was the worst. (laughs) Terrible. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I—I mean, I just feel like at least for me and i i do pay closer attention to the news than you do so i mean i remember like seeing stuff about it in the news i remember in the couple of weeks leading up to it there was a lot i think it was a big deal in italy uh, cause okay. Italy had started to like, they'd shut their borders. Oh, I remember like I follow Ryan Tedder from one Republic and they were supposed to be, they were touring in, in Italy and their shows got canceled. And even on social, they were like, what is going on? Right. Um, and oh. then it got crazy in Salt Lake fast. And I, one thing that was a huge part of it was Rudy Gobert who plays for the Utah jazz mm. was like the first player in the NBA to test positive. Um, And so he tested positive on Wednesday night. And I believe by Thursday, the NBA was shut down totally. And he had been like kind of goofing about. I mean, he's gotten a ton of flack for it now, but he was goofing around like touching all the mics during the press conference. Sure. And then Donovan Mitchell, our star player, got it. And it was just, it was so, so. So we felt that I think in a unique way here in Salt Lake. Because it felt like we were responsible for shutting down the NBA. Mm -hmm. But personally, I just don't really do anything. Like I come here to our ministry center, I go to the gym and I go home and all those places up until that point had felt normal. But I remember Tammy going to the grocery store and her coming back like pale white, like she had just won the hunger games by the skin (laughs) of her teeth. And it was just like, (laughs) shelves were empty and she was just, she was recounting her experience and I was kind of like, and she's not overly dramatic, but I was just kind of like, Really, this sounds like so unlikely. Sure. And uh but then I mean we went to like grocery shopping once every three weeks and it oh, was just man. it was, it was great. insane. Well,
0: and then we we had a unique I, I know that everyone thinks our experience is unique. Yeah. Ours was kind of unique because it started with the shutdown and then wasn't it Monday? That we had an earthquake, a very uncommon, substantial
1: earthquake. Subst-
0: I mean, the biggest one on record, I think. Yeah, and the first I've experienced in my life. Yeah, and and then days, weeks of aftershocks. Yeah, I mean, it was just unsettled. Yeah. I mean, to the point where I went from thinking this was no big deal to deciding like. I assumed when the Lord returned, it would be like in, like in a blink of an eye. And I decided apparently he's going to drag it out and it's ending for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But we didn't get raptured. No. Well, you know, that's a recurring fear (laughs) Let's not get into that today. (laughs) Anytime something like that happens, I have to text the per, like, if you get a text from me Mm -hmm. after like something like that happens, you know that I am very confident in your, salvation you if, if there's a rapture you think there's a higher likelihood i will be raptured than you well just i'm confident that you will be more than i'm con- yeah so yeah i guess to answer your question absolutely and it's usually the question like hey what's up man yeah i'm just waiting for the dots please look, i know please, i've told wait. you this before but you know i don't really think the rapture is a thing i know i know so it's it, okay. not oh. and if you're listening <laughs> don't send me an email i don't I, listen i i grew up in the era when all youth groups had lock-ins where they watched yep. the entire thief in the night series mm. and and that according along with complicated revelations yeah. is that will kick it around my head oh, yeah. and makes me really that get y'all up. And I'm really into tech and convinced that if the t- Mark of the Beast is a thing, I'll probably be the first. I'll, I'll beta. Oh, you have so I'll many Marks of the it. Beast. So oh, yeah. many. L- listen, You'll beta it? That's right. If it's, if it's going to... You're like, an early adopter of the Mark of the Beast. That's right. If it's going to make my life better. Anyway. All
1: right. We derailed. All, all joking aside. Yeah. Like when you really do stop. Whew. It is it is insane. When you just stop and recount everything that has taken place inside of 12 months it's weird because it like it almost feels like that was yesterday, um, watching that first stream. And then on the other yeah. hand, for me anyways. And yeah. then on the other hand, I think it's because it feels like such a haze. Yeah. It also feels like twelve years ago. Mm-hmm. And so you you know when you start to recount like George Floyd was last year and all things BLM and the. Um, the protests and riots that happened and the election and then the storming of the Capitol. And you're just like all of that stuff happened in one year and it's just insane. And so what we thought would be really appropriate is to, just kind of stop together, as anyone who's listening to this, and to take stock of exactly what it is that we've been through. And, and here's why I think that's so important. When we fail to take stock of an experience in our life, what we have a tendency to do is to misdirect the effects of it. Mm. And, or to, uh, I think underestimate the effect that an experience has had on us. And I think that's, especially for ministry leaders, that's my big fear is it's been such an insane 12 months to lead. And then now by God's grace, things are getting better. And so you can already start to feel like stuff starting to ramp up, more is being able to happen. Mm -hmm. And so we're in this place where we haven't really done a great job probably a lot of us have taking stock of what we're experiencing and now we're just starting to speed up and all anybody wants to do is move on to yep. what to what's next that's right and i think i think it's really important that we do take stock of this experience so that we don't misdirect the effects of it i know you've experienced this um in some really pointed way so what are some ways that you feel like you have seen people misdirect the effects of the last 12 months yeah and are largely completely unaware of it
0: yeah, I mean, I think one of them that uh, you see a lot of people, everyone's like real edgy. Yeah. Just real. That's a good word for it. Like just as cranky yeah. as you can, you know, and I think. Easily, easily triggered. Oh, man. <laughs> just like, you know, everyone just seems like right on the edge.
1: Everyone's just got this and, like, come at me, bro. <laughs>
0: right, exactly. <laughs> Open a can, That's whatever. Right. <laughs> and they're just looking for someone to pick a fight with them. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that, again, because – Large in part, I don't believe that we've done a great job of analyzing how we feel and why. I think, especially those of us in ministry, have had to work so hard to keep it together Mm -hmm. and to keep things going and all of that that you haven't even had the luxury. Mm -hmm. That whole I remember remember that whole like early on thing, like back when we thought it wasn't going to be that long, and it was sort of like it's it's so great. It's a forced break. Oh yeah, I'm. I did not force. You know who that's true for?
1: That's true for celebrities. That's who. That's what I've decided. Totally, because I listen to so many podcasts with like actors and musicians, Mm -hmm. and they're like, you know, I've been working so hard and so long, and I'm always traveling. It's been so great to be with family. You're like, who are you?
0: Or yeah, or even business people that like traveled a ton. Yeah, or that kind of thing. So you got to
1: work from home, which I'm here to tell you is like not all it's cracked up to be, especially if you have kids. Like Mm -hmm. uh, the forced break thing, I think, is largely like a Hollywood narrative.
0: Yes, it did not happen for me for one minute. Neither me. I have not. As a matter. Matter of fact, the one vacation I take each year was canceled. So, yeah. uh, yep. I just depressing. had no break, right. no break at all. And, and so as a result, I think people are just angry and, and don't understand why mm-hmm. because they haven't done a good job of recognizing the impact that this has taken on them. And so when they feel these unexplicable emotions, they just assume they're right. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, especially if you're someone and, and what I found it, uh, in, most particularly, are people who aren't naturally angry people. I Mm. think if they're feeling angry, they're used to that... There's a righteous reason for it. Yeah, Yeah. it's justified. It's like, well, I'm not, I'm not a person who's ever dealt with anger before, so it's not like I'm just generally angry. So, ergo, I must, if I'm feeling angry, you must have caused that to be that. Unlike me,
1: where that just is like that's my wheelhouse. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's that's your ten and two. (laughs) Yep, for (laughs) sure. Now, now the problem is, so then you go from these are like sort of stages of COVID. I feel like we're talking about because then you're angry. And you're looking for the next thing would be someone to blame. Totally. And I think that is the thing that has been one of the most destructive things that I have seen. That I have gotten an opportunity to be uh, uh, a victim of a mm-hmm. bit. Guaranteed, uh, and,
1: there are some church staff members mm-hmm. walking
0: around on eggshells every time their lead pastor comes in. Absolutely. No, I I, I could name them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I do think that it's it's just uh, because you, you are. you and, and so the tiniest, littlest mm-hmm. thing that goes outside of your level of expectation causes you to fly off the handle. Yep. Because, again, you feel like, well, typically this item arriving late wouldn't make me lose my mind. Right. But if I'm... At that point, it must be okay because if that's not typically who I am, because, again, we have not given what we've all been through the proper place in our lives and Mm -hmm. our emotions and our minds, all of those kind of things. And so people are just these raw nerves, uh, tired of being alone, tired, all of these kind of things and super irritated and looking for someone Mm -hmm. to just like knock around a little bit.
1: I think like, especially pastorally when I think about the conversations I've had over probably the last six to eight months in particular, there seems to be these two things that consistently rise to the top. One is this sort of confounding sadness Mm. that they're just like, why am I so sad? (laughs) And a confusing lack of capacity. So it's like, I'm so sad. I feel so tired. I'm not getting anything done. And I think it's the result. And, and so then what I found is like, I go, okay, well, let's just talk about what we've been through. I just feel like all of constantly reminded people, let's talk about what we've been through. And then you track it and you see the lights go on in people's eyes and they're like, oh, yeah, when you laid out, even no wonder,
0: I mean, I was a little taken back, even as you were accounted, So, so our whole episode is recounting like mm-hmm. what we've gone through in COVID. Mm-hmm. It's not just been COVID. No. Had COVID means. not happened. And I mean, I guess there's some,
1: I think one of the reasons that George Floyd captured the attention that it did was because we were all locked down just looking at our phones. However, had that, had, had what happened regarding social unrest in relational, in racial issues, and then just the election that we had. I mean, Mm -hmm. I really think if we just had the election season that we had, it still would, we'd all be a little edgy Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it was rough. Yeah. But you put it all together. Was it? (laughs) Yeah. Well, you didn't notice, Um, but it's just been, it's just insane. And, and so as a result, it's taken a really, really brutal effect on so many of us. And so what we thought would be good specific to, um, we as, as pastors and ministry leaders is to just take a second and to try to identify some common things that we know have been hard through this year for us and for others. And again. Um, I know that there are probably some people listening that are like, this is Debbie Downer. I just lived through this. I don't want to talk about it again. And I would say the more you feel that, the more you should listen (laughs) Mm -hmm. because you're probably wired in a way like me that is like, I just want to move on. Yep. And we really, and I think that's one of the lessons of lament throughout scripture yeah. is uh, even though it's uncomfortable and sad and hard and angering and all of these uncomfortable emotions, we just still see like 50% of the Psalms, couple books of the Bible. Like there's just lament everywhere. So clearly mm-hmm. we, and that, I think that's, I think spiritually is kind of what we're trying to practice in this conversation is yeah. this we're going to take stock of this and acknowledge it and name it in, in as a way to lament what it is that we've been through mm-hmm. in hopes of better understanding the effects that it's had on us makes sense
0: absolutely and
1: so let's just talk well, why don't you lead off like when what what's one of the first things that comes to mind for you when you think about what's been hard the past 12 months
0: well I referenced it earlier but I think we have had to completely reimagine the way that we lead yeah. As I think about it, I think one of the recurring lines that you said, especially through the kind of thick of COVID, when I think of when it was just like, this may never end, that, that place, you had commented quite a few times, I didn't sign up for this. Yeah, And I think that that is so true of anyone in pretty much any profession, but Mm -hmm. we're here to talk about ministry, and so that's what we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. Uh, So first of all, I I think I've shared this on the podcast before, I'll probably share it countless more times in my life, but I was so okay not having any clue what it meant to stream anything. Yeah. (laughs) Like... Like at all? Never aspired to be an expert in how to do that. Well, and (laughs) I'm here to tell you, if you paid attention to our feed, I'm nowhere near an expert. (laughs) But uh, although I did watch the Golden Globes, and I gotta say, I feel like I'm on par with those guys. I will just just not
1: not to completely derail. I will say one thing that has been comforting over the last year Mm -hmm. is to watch everyone watch it <laughs> everyone like sure on ESPN people are freezing up you're like good lord even at that level you guys can't figure this crap well, out
0: and I mean you mentioned us watching that original video yeah I think uh if you want to see how you grow over time and and the fact that we cared <laughs> about uh continuing uh to do even our stream in a more excellent way each week just watch a week after we go scroll mm-hmm. back on our YouTube channel uh YouTube com slash ridgeline church and go to the very first one. We started and with then, the camera hung oh, like 35 feet in the air. It, it looked like a security camera. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you were, like you were shoplifting at a department store and giving a little speech. I mean, it was, yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't good, but we've had to reimagine uh, all of that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, everything, small groups. I mean, the, the amount that the, uh, universal church, but let's say American church has spent on zoom accounts. I can't even fathom. I mean, I have churches that have 15 because they needed to keep up their small groups and this and that. And and I mean, it is, it is outrageous the things that had to be done to just keep people connected, keep people together. Um, Pastoral counseling. Uh, I mean, weddings were postponed. It just as and, and to try to help counsel people through yeah. that and all of those types of things, there was little to nothing that was business as usual. Yeah, little to nothing that did not have to be totally reworked, totally rethought, and uh, and reassessed. And so many staff positions that were just like, uh, I think some have uh, been laid off. I think some were just like so. So, you added so much value pre March mm-hmm, 15th mm-hmm. and what now? I mean, yeah. it's just crazy, crazy, crazy.
1: Yeah, it is. And I mean, yeah, having to do, having to just connect with people on Zoom is, uh, we're going to have our friend Zach Sakura, who's a clinical psychologist, on next week. So, I guarantee he'll talk a lot about telehealth and mm, what it's been like totally. to step into that. Yeah. But it's the same thing. I mean, While we have different disciplines, the what we share in common is is like learning how to have to connect with people via a screen is just extremely unique. Yep. You know, many of us didn't have a ton of experience preaching to phones and cameras and empty rooms (laughs) and all that. And I, I think about like it's easy to forget, but I think about all of these various innovations that you attempted to make that better for me personally like the <laughs> iPad thing where we had people FaceTime right. on iPad oh yeah um, so I could
0: look at people and that Remember one time we had somebody taking notes on their computer yeah. clack, clack, and, clack, 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 clack. and eating and chips. eating the whole time every every week we did it we had to send out a new list of very long <laughs> rules yeah oh gosh yeah so it yeah. was just it
1: that, that alone was just very, very stressful. Yep. I think another thing that comes to mind for me is mm-hmm. it's a very unique experience to try to lead someone or lead a group of people through a season that you are also real-time experiencing. Mm. Um, you know, like if someone, if someone would have called me four years ago, and they asked me, hey, you know, I'm, I'm in this church situation. I got hired. It's very different than what I expected. It's very different than what I was told. Mm. Um, I feel attacked. I don't feel empowered to do my job. I'm really, really struggling. I would have mm-hmm. been like, me too. Yeah. Because I was in that same situation. I sure. would have been like, yeah, I mean, we could pray for each other, but I don't really have any insight to right. bring you right now because I'm in the throes of it. Totally. I think now... You know, three, four years removed from that, I have a lot more counsel in hindsight after years of reflection to be able to bring to that. And what's been unique about this is we are constantly having to experience all of this stuff and in the on the very same day help other people in the midst of it as well. And that's just really – it's really challenging. Mm, Absolutely. To feel that and to be, you know, and so I think, I think one thing I tried to be deliberate about is just to go to just basically wrap my arms around that personally and just say, I'm going to feel this and experience this and I'm not going to hide it and I'm going to be real open about it. And uh, I probably, I bet there's been days where I've probably sounded a little less hopeful and a little more sad than some people would have preferred. Sure. But that's where I was. Yeah. And uh, I think one of the things that does damage to a ministry leader's soul is not doing that. Yeah. And having to detach from that to be this like little hero to the people they're leading and sure. i've just decided at this point in my life i'm just not going to
0: be anybody's hero i guess totally and i think i think one of the things that's so challenging to manage in that is a, a big idea of what we're talking about that everyone dealt with here is disappointment mm. and so much man, disappointment Managing not, your not, own disappointment yeah. in the midst of trying to manage other people's disappointment. Because obviously people did, I mean, there are so many people uh, who've passed away as a result of this and all of that. And so that's not necessarily what I would term disappointment. Right, That's grief and some things. Yeah. But I think the just the unbelievable amount of disappointment that people have yeah. experienced has been... Uh, and, and that I've experienced and, yeah. and still trying to help people like I, I mean the idea of holding on to hope um has been probably what i would say is the greatest challenge through this mm-hmm. season this belief that like god's in control god's mm-hmm. in control like it, it was it was something that <clears throat> we were both sharing with others and mm-hmm. trying to convince ourselves sure of. yeah
1: and, and the longer that this went on the harder it became to Feel like this is because I think that's one thing that what, like, when you started out, it was like, Well, this is gonna be three weeks, so you can do anything for three weeks, it wasn't that big a deal, and then it, it extended, and then they're like, Well, for sure, by the summer.
0: Yeah. Oh, and yeah. then
1: it was like, well, for sure by September. Right. And then when September and, and there was that with the weirdness of like summer did get a little better. Mm-hmm. And so like in September, we took the step to go back in person. Mm-hmm. we were like, whew, we survived it. Yep. But then when you when we shut down again, headed into Thanksgiving, which a lot I mean, a lot of people never reopened, but a lot of people had to do that same thing. Mm-hmm. It was uh oh man, it was just brutal. And so yeah. I just feel like December and January were the darkest months for me. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like, poof, this is just life now. Yeah. Which yeah. was super depressing. Yeah, I
0: mean, the way I would term it to people is like, you know, as, as they were looking for like kind of messages of hope or pointing them mm-hmm. to God, I would just say, you know, I mean, biblically there's lots of, I mean, God allowed the Israelites to wander for 40 mm-hmm. years and I would always follow that up with, but like, what I struggle with is I'm not I'm not wandering, stop. <laughs> God hasn't really wired me. You're going to need as to expedite this. As he this. knit me together in my mother's womb, <laughs> that wandering was not really a part of it. And oh, so uh, anyway, uh, I think another way that this was so hard was yeah. just the isolation yeah. that so many people felt. And I think whether you're married or not – you know, I, uh, we kind of decided to quarantine together, myself with your family, and yeah. so got to spend some, not a ton, but yeah. some time together, and that was huge for me, because I know we had a good number of single people in our church move, like, somewhere back home, mm-hmm. near friends, because it just, the idea of living this totally isolated, I mean, uh, like, there's a reason God says, and it's not good.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I so I preached on friendship last week mm. uh, and relationship. And I uh, was talking to what you just referenced in Genesis two eighteen, I believe it is. And that's the first time. So God has had, I think seven times, Uh, Genesis 1 makes the comment that God saw what he created and it was good. Mm -hmm. So seven times over and over and over. God (laughs) saw what he created and it is good. And then you come to 2.18 and it's Adam in the garden prior to Eve being created and God says it is not good that man should be alone. Mm. And one way that that tends to get preached and applied is that it's a comment about marriage. See, it's not good for people to be single and that's horribly short-sighted. And I would mm. argue one of the reasons why the church has lost her vision, has lost God's vision for singleness. Mm. Because more than that, what it is, is a comment about the God's thought, God's perspective on human isolation. Mm. <clears throat> and so the, the comment that I made on Sunday that I prefaced with, this is going to sound a little bit like heresy, but the comment was God is not enough right. for us. Because he says so. Because he said so. Right. And and people go, oh yeah, the Bible says that God's sufficient. And what that means is that God is sufficient to provide for all of our needs. Sure. And he has created us and determined that what we need to flourish is deep relationship with him and deep relationship with one another. And so I think one of the things that we have underestimated the most is the genuine violence that isolation has done to our souls totally. over the last year Absolutely. and why we feel so depleted as sure. a result of it. I mean, it's what we have had to go through. The, the one thing, the first thing God said, this is not good. Right. And so I don't think that that should be taken for granted.
0: Well, and I don't even think we're, we're just speaking of biblical community. We're just talking about human interaction. Totally. Cause yeah. I think <clears throat> even for myself, I have, I have, uh, always enjoyed, like, when I go to the store, things mm-hmm. like that. Like, so I have my day off. I spend um, my days off largely alone because mm-hmm. I – I'm single mm-hmm. and uh, you, you know, are? Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but I'll, I'll go to, I'll go to Costco mm-hmm. and, and go around and like, I'm uh, like, as much as I'm an introvert, I really enjoy being a little chatty, whether it be the people who check out or like, if somebody has got a product that I know is either great or mm-hmm. not great in their hand, I'll be like, Oh man, you gotta get that. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Or, and you know, and people, you know, and you drum up a conversation. I'm telling you, I'm also the guy now mm-hmm. that like, if you get too close to me at Costco, you're going to get a snarl. Mm-hmm. Like, at, like an animal, sounding like you're not six feet away. There right. are stickers on the floor. This is not that hard, and that's that's not something that I I uh, like about myself. Mm-hmm. But it's there. It's a yeah. residue that I think even if it disappeared from the planet today, it's going to take me a while before I feel like all right, you can get a little closer. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm, a, I'm a, maybe I'm going to go a foot at a time. Yeah. There because you know?
1: there is. I think to your point, there's layers to it. And I read an article a few weeks ago. I can't remember. If it was in a newspaper or the Atlantic or somewhere, but it was about the way that even just these, there's different degrees of relationship and friendship. So you have like your family, your spouse, you're like besties. Totally. And then, but there's all of these other interactions that we have that are a little bit looser. So you see the same people at the gym every day. Like you're not besties with those people by and large, but like. You see them all the time. You have a fun conversation. Yep. Your barista, like yeah. maybe that you go to, if you go to a restaurant, the same server that you, just these more uh, superficial relationships. I totally. think we learned what a critical role, even those superficial, it's just been so common to like bag on superficial relationship, you know, mm-hmm. like all that matters is like deep biblical community. Yeah, um, Deep biblical community matters 100%. And so does this superficial interaction that we have apparently because it's been so unbelievably disruptive. So yeah, I think that's been a huge one. Um, Another thing has been, I, I mean, I can't imagine any pastor won't relate to this, but we've all been open to even more criticism And to our point, what we were talking about at the top, these misdirected feelings, Mm -hmm. I think the bell that I've been trying to ring with our church, not just for our sake, but for the sake of their employers and everything, is it has been such a hard year to lead anything. Yep. um, Because there has been so much confusion. Like, we've taken COVID very very seriously, Mm -hmm. and we've been careful about it, and... Um, it's been, I mean, I, at the same time would say it has been a, a leadership and a communication, just colossal failure, the way mm. that the government handled mm. it mm. from start to finish, no clear messaging. No, like, I think we've seen, like, there's all, there's so many great things about democracy. We've seen so many of the weaknesses mm-hmm. of our current governmental system where it's like the States all get to decide and you're like, Oh, cool. Well, They're all different. Sure. And there's just, it just feels like it's been so just confusing
0: to know what's what. I went through like a four month process where I must have said to you and to everyone every day, all day long, who is in charge?
1: Right. Yeah. I became pro benevolent dictator. That's what, that's, that's what, that's what I'm working toward.
0: Even if the guy was wrong. Yeah. I just need somebody to be the boss yep, somebody and to make say the rules. what we should do. Yes.
1: But so whether it is the political issues or the pandemic or these social issues like we we've, we've had to speak into well, we haven't had to, but many of us have chosen to speak into so many of these issues. Yeah. And because I think especially it has been such a unbelievably divided and politicized year it's like it doesn't matter what issue you're speaking into it's like half the room hates you yeah or what you're saying and that's just been incredibly difficult you know and then there's been like i know we've had uh, every once in a while you get someone who is obviously feeling a lot of stuff which is fine and normal but then like you'll get you get the accusation of like well you you guys have not loved me well through this you're like phew well Sorry, genuinely. Like, I have genuinely apologized to some people and been like, and like, we're homeschooling too. And yeah. we're yeah. struggling too.
0: And I and I have to say, if you've said that to someone, I'm just willing to say it. Shame on you. Mm-hmm. I think that that is such an unfair accusation to level. Because first of all, don't you dare say it to someone. Because again, you can say that to someone. You haven't loved me well. So, so let's say, uh, for example, when uh, my sister passed away, mm-hmm. if the people that are closest to me and responsible for me did not come around me and love me well, I could say that. Yeah. The problem is, everyone is going through this at the same time. Right. So you don't have the right to level that against someone that you haven't done the same thing for. Yeah. And so I don't care what your leadership position is through this. Mm -hmm. I don't care who you are. I think if you cannot say, but I have loved you really well. And I'm not even saying that gives you the soapbox to sand on. I'm saying, don't you dare open your mouth. Mm -hmm. If you don't have the ability for that person you're about ready to level that against, that you have loved them thoroughly well. Yeah. Because... Uh, cause I've heard that a time or two, either to me or about me Mm -hmm. through this season as a collective of like the leadership of the church Mm -hmm. that we lead. And, um, I gotta tell you those people, uh, my phone has been in service all of COVID. That's one thing that wasn't impacted, not a text message, not an email. Mm -hmm. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I'm not private and not one check-in, not one thing Mm -hmm. uh, this way. However, You didn't love me well. And so I think that uh, the reason I feel such passion around that is that uh, part of what I get to do with my XP is talk to pastors all week long, not just you, Mm -hmm. but pastors around the country. And that has been leveled at almost every pastor I support. And so if you're listening to this and you aren't in a pastoral position, please don't say that. Mm -hmm. If you have made the choice to leave a church because you haven't been loved well and And you've communicated that I need you to call that guy and apologize profusely for taking out your misdirected anger Mm -hmm. on somebody who has genuinely done their best.
1: Yeah, because there. I mean, there's been like anecdotal jokes about this, but like you don't get taught how to pastor or lead through a a global pandemic. You just don't. No, and there were uh, some people that did some seminars. Uh, and those were stupid yeah, because it was...
0: <laughs> they didn't know either. They were yeah. literally making it up.
1: Yeah. We jumped on a few of those Zooms, and it's pretty apparent within the first 13 seconds, you're like, oh, yeah, you're just winging this. You have no idea. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it was a really, really good year to allow love to cover a multitude of sins, yeah. and we didn't always do that well,
0: unfortunately. Yeah. And I think that... Um... Uh, if you're in that place where you feel like you you've got to leave your church, where you've got to whatever the case might be, just go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I you don't have to swing a bat. You mm-hmm. don't have to because because the likelihood that somewhere down the road you're going to regret that decision because it was made. I, I, I'm telling you, you might. The number of things I have felt so impassioned about and just forced myself. You know what? I'm gonna sleep on this, mm-hmm. and if I feel the same way in the morning. Maybe it'll be something I talk Mm -hmm. about. And I'm telling you, by the morning, I don't even remember what it was. Uh, because again, like we are not so in control and in charge of our emotions and how we feel right now. Mm-hmm. And so we just got it's like steady as she goes, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, so like true. Keep it at 10 and 2 and call it good. Yeah, for sure. I, I think another thing that churches have really dealt with um is there's there's been a legitimate fear of closure. Yeah. I mean, it did not help while while I love the Barna group, the uh one out of five churches uh, will yeah. close before the end of COVID, and then the like month later, like Actually, we were underestimating. It's going to be about two of five. Yeah. You know, um, it's not helpful. But yeah. I think it's accurate. I think uh, you know. Unfortunately, at my XP, we've supported some churches that have either closed or have seen lead pastors resign, mm-hmm. and uh, I have a very intimate view into those situations. And I'm telling you, uh, it's the pressure that uh, the pressure that was added on due to COVID, mm-hmm. um, and it was. Uh, it was due to some of that misdirected emotion that landed on the pastor. Yeah, that's really what it is.
1: Yeah, and I, th- I think one of the the one of the things I think that a lot of pastors feel, especially those of like I started in a ministry young. You know, unlike you, I didn't do this long season of time in business mm-hmm. um, or any other field. I just have been in doing ministry forever. Yeah, sure. And I think one of the things that compounds the fear of closure. Uh, is, like, what What else would I do? You know, like, it's a rough time to be, like... I mean, I guess if you had your church plant closed and you're like, I guess I'll just go plant another one. Like, it's a rough time to... No one's doing a ton of church planting right now. Right, Um right. And so I think there's this very legitimate fear of, like, what else... Sure. What else would I go do? Like... I'm, I'm, I don't think I can probably feed my whole family as a barista at Starbucks. <laughs> um, I mean, we're going to be you eating cannot. on the
0: cheap. Yep.
1: And uh, so it's, it's real. Yeah. And it's real hard.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, uh, in supporting the churches that we do, I immediately panicked. I mean, historically, There has been uh, anytime the economy has uh, seen a downturn. I mean, the stock market tanked. All Mm -hmm. of those kind of things, whether it be with the housing crisis, uh, those types of things, churches Uh, were super impacted, very impacted by that. And by God's grace, uh, I've seen very few churches financially impacted uh, I think such a great reminder that God has protected his church and mm-hmm. wanted to see it come through but it, it it's certainly not coming through unscathed yeah and I think that uh I think that that fear is legitimate it, it's been legitimate for every small business in mm-hmm. America
1: yeah totally
0: well in the world like, yeah you know it's not just America yeah yeah
1: yeah and I think the last thing that we'll hit on today that that is sometimes easily overlooked because we've had all these like like big global things that seem to have impacted everybody is that we've all had in addition to that, just the normal pain of living in a broken world sure. that like apart from those things would still be really, really high, uh, difficult. And so people have, you know, lost jobs. People lose jobs in normal years too, mm-hmm. but you've had to do that. In addition, there's been uh, an increase in divorce. Like yeah. we've, we've seen in our own church, we've seen people lose jobs. We've seen marriages end we've seen people lose faith. Sure. Um, And then, you know, there has been just this obviously an immense amount of death this year as well. Mm -hmm. And there's been this new reality of the Zoom funeral, which the only thing more subhuman than having to like counsel online is for sure a funeral or weddings or graduations, all these like huge, for good and bad, high water marks in life. It's just all happening on a screen. It's just so weird.
0: I mean, we have someone in our church who uh, is a funeral director, mm-hmm. and she reached out wondering, like, what were the key learnings that I've had from like what tools I've used and all Gosh. of that, and just so that she can make sure that they are able to provide that as an option as well. And like, and uh, it, th- yeah, it sucks.
1: It does. Yeah. So I think I think the more that you kind of sit in this, uh, mm-hmm. what is really helpful is that you kind of have this big idea emerge where you're just like. So it's been a lot yeah, because <laughs> we haven't even hit on everything, but it's been yeah. a lot. And so I think my, my big concern for where many of us are at right now is that there just seems to be more and more pastors that are right on the verge of throwing in the towel. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think there's a, and and I mean a bunch of different things by that. I think everything from, um, I just don't want to be at this church anymore to, I don't want to be a pastor anymore to the most extremes, which is like, I don't want to be alive anymore. And I think it's really fair to say we probably have people that are everywhere on totally. that spectrum. yep. And so I think in addition to that, the thing that really concerns me is the number of pastors that don't really feel like they have someone that they can talk to yeah. openly yep. about that. And I mean, I was preaching on community a few years ago and came across this study that found that I think 73% of Americans say they don't have someone they can talk to. Mm. It's a shocking number of people. Sure. So there's no way that there's not people in ministry that feel that same way. Sure. Um, And so as a result of that, not that this is like the fix all, but as a part of teleo, I'm opening up three slots for lead pastors uh, to connect with me individually two times a a month. And so I really want to open this up specifically to lead pastors who, even if they might right now, maybe nobody knows. Like where they're at, but if but even just in listening to this, you walk away and you're like, I'm not doing well. Like this has this has hurt me. Mm -hmm. This has been hard for me, and maybe you are on the verge of just wanting to be done. Like for all I know, you haven't even confided this in your spouse. Sure, but um, but you just kind of feel like I'm really, I'm fantasizing more often than not about doing anything other than what I'm doing right now. If that's you. I would really like to spend a few months just for being a safe place for for people to be able to talk through that. And so if that's something that you're interested in, it's totally free. It's not like coaching that we're charging for. It just matters a lot to me. So I'm looking for three lead pastors who would want to connect with me individually uh, two times a month and uh, just email me, ryan at Mm -hmm. ridgeline.church. And then I'll send you my number and we'll get connected and figure out how to do that. So just email me Ryan at ridgeline.church. That's awesome. um, I'm super serious about that and would love to be able to help with that. So in addition to acknowledging everything we've been through, yep. uh, I, don't, I, I know we run the risk of just being like, so basically we talked for an hour about it sucked. Yeah. Uh, so really the question did, is though. like, it, it is, but like it totally did. <laughs> Yeah, We're not even blowing anything out of yeah, proportion.
0: No, no, I don't
1: think we're. But I think the question that comes out of this is like, where do we go from here? Like, yeah. what do we do with all this? Yeah. And so uh, next week, our friend, uh, Dr. Zach Sikora, who is a clinical psychologist, is going to come on and talk with us about that. Yeah. Um, and, and just his own life, what it's been like to be a therapist and, sure. a, and a Christian through this last season and totally. what that's been like in their field and their discipline. I think it's going to be a really, really good conversation. And uh, then in week three, we will start to think about, okay, in light of all this, what are going to be some really important things for us to be focused on in the year to come? Because there is a lot of hope, you know, like the numbers are in significant decline pretty much everywhere. And, uh, hospital numbers are significantly better. Sure. The vaccine has become more and more widely available here in Utah, April 1st, it's supposed to be accessible. Totally, President Biden said last night, May 1st nationally is the the
0: CDC guidelines released. It's like,
1: yeah, basically they were like, you can be a human again. Yep, that's pretty pretty much what they said.
0: If you're vaccinated,
1: if you're vaccinated, yeah. If you're not vaccinated, you have to continue to live in a
0: cage. Yeah, is so, pretty much so where so you they're still at. Can take your anti-vaxing ways <laughs> and uh, switch to another podcast. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: well, yeah. we we do really appreciate, as always, that you take time to listen to this. Uh, we would love if you enjoy our podcast. If you'd help us. So you can subscribe wherever you listen to podcast, uh, leave a review wherever it is that you listen, and then make sure that you follow Tyler and I on social media so we can be connected. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at @ryan_hugley. Ryan That's H-U-G-U-L-E-Y.
0: And you can find me on the same platforms at at Tyler Dravitz. That's D-R-E-W-I-T-Z. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Okay, bye. Oh,